0: Chapter Eighteen of The Adventures of Captain Hatteras, Part Two The Field of Ice. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Adventures of Captain Hatteras, Part Two The Field of Ice by Jules Verne chapter eighteen final preparations next day the weather changed the cold returned snow and rain and tempest came in quick succession for several days bell had completed the sloop and done his work well for the little vessel was admirably adapted for the purpose contemplated being high at the sides and partly decked so as to be able to stand a heavy sea, and yet light enough to be drawn on the sledge without overburdening the dogs. At last a change of the greatest importance took place. The ice began to tremble in the centre of the bay, and the highest masses became loosened at their base, ready to form icebergs and drift away before the first gale but Hatteras would not wait for the ice-fields to break up before he started. Since the journey must be made on land, he did not care whether the sea was open or not, and the day of departure was fixed for the 25th of June, Johnson and Bell undertaking the necessary repairs of the sledge. On the 20th, finding there was space enough between the broken ice to allow the sloop to get through, it was determined to take her a trial trip to Cape Washington. The sea was not quite open, but it would have been impossible to go across on foot. This short sail of six hours sufficiently tested the powers of the sloop and proved her excellent qualities. In coming back, they witnessed a curious sight. It was the chase of a seal by a gigantic bear. Mr. Bruin was too busily engaged to notice the vessel, or he would have pursued. He was intently watching beside a seal-hole with the patience of a true hunter, or rather angler, for he was certainly fishing just then he watched in absolute silence without stirring or giving the least sign of life but all of a sudden there was a slight disturbance on the surface of the water in the hole which announced the coming up of the amphibious animal to breathe instantly the bear lay flat on his belly with his two paws stretched round the opening next minute up came the seal but his head no sooner appeared above the water then the bear's paws closed about him like a vice and dragged him right out the poor seal struggled desperately but could not free himself from the iron grasp of his enemy who hugged him closer and closer till suffocation was complete then he carried him off to his den as if the weight were nothing leaping lightly from pack to pack till he gained terra firma safely on the 22nd of June, Hatteras began to load the sledge. They put in 200 pounds of salt meat, three cases of vegetables and preserved meat, besides lime juice and flour and medicines. They also took 200 pounds of powder and a stock of firearms. Including the sloop and the Halcott boat, there was about 1,500 pounds weight a heavy load for four dogs, and all the more as they would have to drag it every day, instead of only four days successively, like the dogs employed by the Eskimo, who always keep a relay for their sledges. However, the distance to the pole was not 150 miles at the outside, and they did not intend to go more than 12 miles a day, as they could do it comfortably in a month. Even if land failed them, they could always fall back on the sloop and finish the journey without fatigue to men or dogs. All the party were in excellent health, though they had lost flesh a little, but, by attending to the doctor's wise counsels, they had weathered the winter without being attacked by any of the maladies incident to the climate. Now they were almost at their journey's end, and not one doubted of success, for a common bond of sympathy bound fast the five men and made them strong to persevere. On Sunday the 23rd, all was ready, and it was resolved to devote the entire day to rest. The dwellers on Fort Providence could not see the last day dawn without some emotion. It cost them a pang to leave the snow-hut which had served them in such good stead, and this hospitable shore where they had passed the winter. Take it all together, they had spent very happy hours there, and the doctor made a touching reference to the subject, as they sat round the table at the evening meal, and did not forget to thank God for his manifest protection. They retired early to rest, for they needed to be up betimes. So passed the last night in Fort Providence. End of chapter 18. Recording by Steve Chilvers, Norwich, England.